0: You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode. How the Queen's Jubilee heralds the imminent return of Jesus the Christ. Hello and welcome to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org. Well, a little known but amazing Bible prophecy is being fulfilled before our eyes in 2022. Britain is the country known as Tarshish in Bible days and it is spoken of in some very significant chapters of prophecy that describe events surrounding the return of Jesus Christ to the earth. You see Tarshish will be the leading nation to welcome the return of Christ as the rulers of all the world will lay their crowns at Jesus's feet. Isaiah 23 predicts a monarch of Tarshish known as Britain today who will reign for 70 years just prior to the lord's return what a wonderful prospect we have I hope you enjoy this let us know if you've got any comments or questions until next time god bless
1: we're here to talk about britain in the last day before the lord jesus christ returns and in particular we're going to be talking about our beloved queen who's just had her 70th celebration 70 years on the throne and we read in that chapter about a monarch who will rule for 70 years so we'll talk about that in a moment this isaiah chapter 23 is a really significant chapter in our days Uh, what's coming to pass in our days is a definite fulfillment of bible prophecy and it points to the return of our lord jesus christ to the earth so the prophecy in chapter 23 of Isaiah talks about Tyre or Tarshish in the latter days I would just briefly establish that Tyre or Tarshish in the last days is found in Great Britain so a monarch will sit on the throne of Tarshish for 70 years as we read in two of those verses there in Isaiah chapter 23 a 70 year period where the kingdom over which the monarch rules is actually in decline And then at the end of the 70 years, they rejoice. They start to trade with all countries of the world. Well, we're right at that time in history, and that points to the near return of the Lord Jesus Christ. This trading power called Tarshish, or Tyre, or Sidon, the same uh, titles are blended together in this chapter to speak of Great Britain in our times. That power will be in decline, but will be restored by God just before Jesus returns. And Tyre or Tarshish, the modern name, written, will enter the kingdom of God with great blessings. So let's have a look at some of the verses in this chapter. If you keep your Bibles open in Isaiah twenty three it'll be the one we'll be referring to most. So Isaiah chapter twenty three is a chapter about the economy of this country. A country that is a merchant country that has trade and commerce and uh, the revenue comes from its trading and the merchandise that it produces or that it trades in. So in ancient times, Tyre, on the eastern coast of the Mediterranean, was a great facilitator of world trade. Much of the produce from the east, right across to the east, India and beyond, came and was brought by land to Tyre, to the seaport, and from there was taken by ships and and, uh, distributed throughout the Mediterranean area. Sometimes on land as well but mainly by ships and it was the great ships of Tarshish. Tarshish was renowned for building extremely good seaworthy ships because they were needed to trade in the oceans beyond the Mediterranean Sea and in fact in the Indian Ocean as well. Some ships traded to an eastern Tarshish which uh, appears to be India from the Bible. But the western Tarshish is the one we're concentrating on and it's the one that's spoken about more in the last days. Now notice in verse 2 the word merchants, verse 3 revenue or mart or markets, the merchants, the traffickers, verse 11 the merchant again, the hire, the merchandise, the hire and the merchandise all mentioned in verse 18. So it's talking about trade and merchants and uh, the trade particularly by sea, the ships of Tarshish. What this chapter says is that for 70 years Tarshish will be in serious decline. The word used in the scripture mainly here is forgotten. Tyre will be forgotten and will not be using her hire. And at the end of 70 years she will return to her hire. Her merchandising, her trading will come back at the end of 70 years. but howl your ships of Tarshish in verse 1 howl your ships of Tarshish because you are going to fall into decline particularly during this 70 year period it's laid waste says verse 1 in verse 6 howl you inhabitants of the isle now, of course at the time this was written uh, Tyre wasn't an isle it was briefly an isle when uh, Alexander the Great came and, uh, and destroyed the city on land and the people built a uh, causeway out and uh, establish a, a little uh, centre uh, 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 for, for them to continue dwelling for a while um, uh, or they went out there and uh, it was actually Alexander who went out there and finally finished off Tyre but, uh, but this is talking about a latter-day isle the isle uh, in broad terms of Britain uh, verse 14 How your ships of Tarshish for your strength strength is laid waste so it's a time when a formerly prosperous trading nation comes into decline for 70 years now we read in the latter verses that uh, the uh, that tire that, uh, is related to a harlot uh, do we find do we feel that the word harlot therefore is uh, something that's uh, uh, indicates a low morality no it's not really what it's talking about because after all the higher and her merchandise in verse 18 shall be holiness to the Lord so it's not talking about an immoral situation it's a symbol. A symbol of a trader, a trading country, in fact. Uh, and we know that, particularly that it's engaging in trade and commerce from Revelation chapter 18, where Babylon the Great is overthrown and is no longer able, the people of the uh, area of Europe are no longer able to trade. They formerly, of course, have traded under the umbrella, we might say, of the Roman Catholic Church and system, which was the foundation of the European Union because it was formed as the Treaty of Rome originally under the Influence of the Pope In Revelation 18 We read that, that as, as Babylon the Great is fallen Notice at the very bottom of that screen Babylon the Great is fallen The kings of the earth have committed Fornication with her That is they have traded with her and made a lot of money The merchants of the earth are Waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies That's really what it's talking about isn't it It's how they have gained their wealth uh, Is, is uh, through using their Common bond of religion to trade with one another in Europe uh, verses 9 and 11 of Revelation 18 the kings of the earth have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her and when Babylon is overthrown they will bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning and the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her for no man buys their merchandise anymore so we can see that <clears throat> this symbol when nationally speaking of a heart has to do with trading Trading with many uh, people, as uh, literally speaking, a uh, harlot will do. But this is used as a national sense and the uh, the idea of morality is more or less taken out of it. Although many countries trade uh, according to their own rules, we know that. Well, who is the subject of Isaiah chapter 23? Verse 10, it's the daughter of Tarshish. Pass through the land as a river, O daughter of Tarshish. There is no more strength, the country called the daughter of Tarshish, is weakened. The oppressed virgin, the daughter of Zion. again, a time of decline and of difficult uh, times, uh, and this, of course, we're going to be seeing is post-World War II. And later, the harlot of Tyre, verse 15. So this is all one and the same power, uh, Tarshish, Zion, Tyre. And I'll show on a map in a moment how the uh, influence of Tyre spread right across to Britain as Tarshish is in the Old Testament. So the names are interchangeable in the chapter. The power is intertwined. The centre has moved from Phoenicia, the ancient Phoenicians, on the eastern uh, seaboard of the Mediterranean, um, uh, and uh, westward right across to the Isle of Great Britain. That's where the influence uh, went over time. Verse 2, Be still, ye inhabitants of the Isle, About whom the merchants of Zion that pass over the sea have replenished pass over to Tarshish. So it's a movement that's a passing from one geographic location on the east of the Mediterranean out through the Straits of Gibraltar and up to Britain. Now we know from the Bible that the ancient people of Tarshish traded in various uh, items uh, with Tyre, so all the way from Britain right across to the east coast uh, to Tyre and Zidon in those days and the prophet Ezekiel talks about Tyre and Tarshish in these verses uh, O Tyrus thou that art situated at the entry of the sea yes it's the sea port uh, which art a merchant of the people for many isles and right across through the Mediterranean isles and coastal areas in fact up to the isles of Britain thus saith the Lord God O Tyrus thou hast said I am of perfect beauty Tarshish was thy merchant by reason of the multitude of all kinds of riches, with silver and iron and tin and lead they traded in thy fairs. Now tin was a very precious commodity uh, used in the making of bronze uh, for metals and for um, other uh, uses with agriculture and so forth. The tin came from Cornwall, southeastern England. And uh, the mines are still there, the Cornwall Tin Mines. And uh, here's a comment from a website, and there are numerous others to support this. Uh, the website is allgeo.org metageologist. Sounds like they know it. The Phoenicians, now a vanished pre Roman civilization in North Africa, traded directly with Cornwall. The name Britain comes from the Phoenician name <coughs> Baritanic, meaning the land of tin. And the Greek historian Herodotus uh, talks about that and describes how that the uh, tin of the ancient world came from the lands of tin that sat beyond Gaul or France, which obviously would mean Britain. So here's a map to give an idea uh, of the sea routes of ancient times. You can see it's taken from the New World Encyclopedia, this particular map. And Strong's Concordance mentions Kittim, which we read a couple of times in the chapter here as a general term for all the islanders of the Mediterranean Sea, the people of Kittim, Certainly it includes the island of uh, Cyprus, uh, which may have been referred to on some occasions particularly, but it represents all the areas and the seaports that traded with Tyre. Now there was a a princess of Tyre who actually moved uh, across to Carthage and from there established quite a dynasty. Uh, that traded with many seaports around the Mediterranean. In fact, they uh, developed uh, 300 city-states on the edge and in the islands of the Mediterranean. They were the Carthaginians who became uh, the Punic people, uh, which is a, a Latin term for the Phoenicians. The Phoenicians became the Punics, and you might have heard of the wars that Caesar had with the Punic people. Well, they were the Phoenicians, but based in Carthage in the day. So, this map shows that the strength of Tyre progressively, after Alexander the Great, of course, destroyed it, uh, progressively transferred or passed over through Kittim. The whole, you can see Tyre and Zion there, and Kittim is all those areas in the Mediterranean, right across to Tarshish. So the sole of the foot had no rest until it got all the way. Thine own feet, it says, will carry you and pass you over to Tarshish. Now Tarshish, or Britain, has had many, many famous queens going back from the days of England and of course progressing through to Britain, Great Britain, and uh, the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland today. Uh, Some of those queens uh, were known for their heroism. Uh, Well, in particular, of course, we think of Boadicea. Uh, The statue there is on the banks of the Thames River. You can see it today. She was quite a famous queen who fought the Romans. (coughs) Then we move on to uh, Elizabeth I, uh, who gave us Shakespeare and the culture of, uh, of, of that day and of course also defeated the Spanish Armada and began the great uh, uh, time uh, when Britain ruled the waves from the time of the Spanish Armada on. The great Queen Victoria gave us the Industrial Revolution and uh, uh, tremendous progress uh, in industry uh, that of course uh, still comes down to us today. Uh, They uh, mechanised and uh, created great factories, Uh, lots of smoke of course, but still they created great products to trade around the world and uh, of course became uh, the the founders of many uh, industrial uh, inventions uh, that are used still today. And Queen Victoria had very high moral standards. So the Victorian age, we know, uh, was renowned for uh, its uh, Puritan, I guess, approach, To morality and uh, fortunately that still lingers today in many ways then comes the queen of today and she has given of course a tremendous stability and dedication and again high morality and uh, uh, and standards that uh, she has upheld now the queen came to the throne on the 6th of february 1952 when her father died and from 1952 that date Britain was already in somewhat somewhat of decline after world war ii Britain's economy declined dramatically and they had a lot of lot of economic problems and so the words of Isaiah 23 are howl you ships of Tarshish the country has laid waste and we read as we said of the 70 years in which that that kingdom has been forgotten forgotten in the sense that it has not had the prominence on the world stage that it had prior to that, of course World War I weakened them to somewhat, World War II smashed uh, Britain in terms of uh, the economy, Uh, but they uh, they struggled through, but it took a long time for them to get back, and the whole 70 year reign of the Queen has not seen the prosperity which is yet to come, not the prosperity that it had enjoyed for a few hundred years prior. So the 70 forgotten years, Isaiah 2315, it shall come to pass in that day, (coughs) that Tyre shall be forgotten 70 years according to the days of one king after the end of 70 years shall Tyre sing as an harlot take a harp, go about the city thou that hast been forgotten make sweet melody and sing many songs that thou mayest be remembered they sang many songs of course we know at the Jubilee (laughs) but it's songs advertising its trading capacity advertising that Britain is back as they say And we're willing to trade with the world so after the end of 70 years the Lord will visit Tyre and she shall turn or return to her higher. She will become prosperous again trading with all countries of the world committing fornication with all the kingdoms of the world upon the face of the earth as we said that's a symbolic term talking about a nation that trades with many and that's what Britain is beginning to do again now is we is the uh, prophecy talking about a king or a queen it does say the years of one king a time period of 70 years according to one king during which Tyre will be forgotten now strong's concordance a very respected uh, 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 re- reference point for the meaning of the hebrew words uh, tells us that Melech is a, is a king or a royal person and the root word Malach, the word the verb to reign occur, occurs quite a lot of kings and queens for example Esther chapter two seventeen, 17 Ahasuerus made Esther queen instead of Vashti that's our root word that's translated here king but can also have a meaning of queen and the whole chapter which we read uh, talks in the feminine gender doesn't it the daughter of Tyre She, her, she is a harlot who had been forgotten 70 years but returns to her hire, her merchandise. Verse 10, verse 12, the daughter of Tarshish, the daughter of Zidon. And therefore we can confidently say that the ruler or the monarch or the royal who is represented here is feminine. It's our queen. Let's go on and just talk more about that. We know that The Queen needed help to to rule for 70 years. She needed a good man alongside her. And that, of course, was Prince Philip, the Duke, who certainly, according to our understanding of Scripture, as we know that God sets up the rulers of the world, was provided by God to be her strength and stay, as she said herself, for 69 of the 70 years. And one would have to wonder whether the Queen could have gone through that whole period of time without the strength of the Duke alongside her, no doubt counselling her and helping in every way the other thing about the Queen that's important is, this is a book that was published recently, The Servant Queen and the King she serves, who is the King she serves? Well in this book, it's the Lord Jesus Christ, she is a very godly woman she is the head of the Church of England as we know, but she maintains a very strong religious base and faith that has helped to carry her through the 70 years as well and we know that the uh, queen is a queen of grace, uh, determination and good humor and that has helped carry her through as well. Well she's a marvelous queen and kept that good humor for her 70 years hasn't she? You
0: would like a marmalade sandwich? I always keep one for emergencies.
1: So do I. I keep mine in here. later the party is about to start Your Majesty.
0: happy jubilee ma'am. and thank you
1: for everything that's very kind Well, she's a marvellous queen and kept that good humour for her 70 years hasn't she and uh, that certainly helped to see her through that period of time now 70 forgotten years when when well verse 15 tells us it's in that day and on many occasions many occasions in the prophet Isaiah he talks about the last days our days the days leading up to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ as in that day it's a long time from the future of Isaiah the people will speak of Tyre in verse 7 when they ask who is this who is this Um, is this your joyous city whose antiquity of ancient days her own feet shall carry her afar off to sojourn so she's gone a long way across to Tarshish from Tyre uh, right across through the Mediterranean and up to Tarshish and people say well who's this this Tarshish that's having troubles in the last days is this the same power that was around in ancient days well in fact that's the, the answer yes it's the same power of Tyre that uh, was such a great uh, trading port uh, in, in years gone by as now the power of Britain but they're in trouble uh, parallel prophecies about Egypt are being fulfilled verse 5 says look at the prophecies about Egypt that, hap- that will happen in, in that day Isaiah 19 talks about In that day Egypt will be a godly people they will be in the kingdom of God with uh, Israel and they will serve God with Israel so that's a day in that day that is coming very soon a big change for Egypt and at the end of 70 years we see a picture of the role of Tyre and Tarshish in the kingdom of God verse 18 we'll look at that in a little moment but it does say that their merchandise their hire will be holiness to the Lord not treasure laid up but given to the service of God in the kingdom. Now Britannia ruled the waves as we said uh, from 1588 when Philip of Spain uh, was uh, coming against uh, Queen Elizabeth I of England and of course the uh, English ships uh, won the the battle and uh, ruled the waves for hundreds of years. But unfortunately after World War II they were in great decline, their navy was very small. So when the Argentinians, who also, by the way, were a colony of Spain, so again, it was a battle of uh, British ships against the Spaniards in a way, uh, down in the uh, Falkland Islands, they had only a small fleet that they could send down there, but it was victorious. And uh, what we see is that after World War II, Britain's navy uh, was decimated completely, and uh, a long time for them to recover and no real Economic power to do so. Look at this. The British Navy in World War II lost all of these five battleships, eight aircraft carriers, 28 cruisers, 132 destroyers, 40 minesweepers, 74 submarines. Has Australia got any submarines now? <laughs> There's been talk about it, <laughs> but it's going to cost billions, and they're talking maybe 20 years. Well, who knows? But anyway, that's how many. You can imagine. The the, uh, contract that we had with uh, France for uh, 12 submarines was going to be $50 billion but it went up a lot higher than that and they hadn't even got started Uh, so the price kept on going up and up. Can you imagine how much money was lost to Britain with all those ships going down? See all the little dots on the map up there? All the little dots are where merchant ships went down in the space of less than 12 months. British ships. Terrible time against the German Navy and uh, that was... uh, a real uh, a real time of, of decline for Britain, which resulted in huge economic decline post-World War II. Britain, Britain's national debt peaked in 1948 at two and a half times their GDP, almost impossible thinking that they could ever repay it. But fortunately, uh, they were given loans by the United States and Canada at just 2% interest, and it took them 60 years near enough to repay those loans. In uh, some years, they couldn't even make the payments. Even the time that Princess Elizabeth married the, the Duke, Prince Philip, for her dress, she had to use the uh, the coupons uh, the, that were given out to buy the material for the dress. So you know things were really, really tough for a long period of time. And of course, you can see on the red line where the Queen began to reign in 1952, and gradually the debt of the country has come down. But lots of struggles. In the meantime and of course we know they had to join the European Union they felt to help their economy because they really needed help the uh, decline largely began and the greatest humiliation that's talked about by historians during the Queen's reign was at the very beginning when Britain were humiliated in losing the Suez Canal we know in 1956 the canal was uh, and that's four years after she began to reign uh, totally nationalized by Egypt and, and uh, uh, Eng- the English lost a huge revenue uh, from the Suez Canal, uh, where they had a uh, 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 great ownership of that uh, canal. Uh, Nasser, uh, President NASA who wasn't president at the time, 1951, uh, began to agitate for the nationalisation of the canal and uh, Britain lost that canal as a result of the Suez Crisis. They looked back that uh, then as a start of real humiliation from that time on. Um, Russia is now uh, assisted Egypt to build a, a, a parallel canal so that Egypt can make even more money and the Russians as a result or uh, in uh, payment uh, have been uh, permitted to build a great industrial zone right alongside uh, the second canal. And so Russia has a huge influence in there and of course many ships will come into Egypt in the last days from Russia as we know. So. Uh, Britain's decline has been uh, consistent right through until the time of the Brexit vote. And uh, there was some agitation for a while, and a lot of people thought, no, the Brexit vote won't happen, Uh, it won't be successful. But near the end of 70 years, 2016, uh, six years ago now, Britain voted by a very, very small margin to come out of the European Union. And there, of course, is Nigel Farage, who was uh, one of the great agitators to help that come about, and still has quite a bit of political influence, even though he's not in Parliament. He was in the European Parliament for a while and kept on uh, pointing out the deficiencies of Britain's relationship with Europe, uh, and they eventually have agreed to come out. Now, that took quite a time. And the interesting point is that we as Christadelphians were looking to the end of the 70-year period in 2022, and knowing that Britain would then be free to trade with the world, the Brexit vote happened in in 2016, and uh, this uh, gentleman, the uh, Philip Hammond, um, uh, who is now uh, in the House of Lords, was at the time uh, the Chancellor of the Exchequer, and he was uh, he was certainly in favour of uh, England staying in the European Union. And one of his arguments was, it's going to take six years to get out of the European Union because to untie all the agreements and so on. And people say, no, 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 it won't take that long at all. Well, he was right. Longer than World War Two for them to get out of the European Union. Twenty twenty two, and they've just about got all the loose ends tied up to be out of the European Union. So he was right. It would take a long period of time. And we expected that it would be 2022 because that's the 70-year reign of the Queen. And after the 70 years, they'll be free to trade with all the world. And here we are in 2022. Now, the daughter of Tyre will be there with a gift. We know that from Scripture. When Christ returns, the daughter of Tyre will be there with a gift. We've read of the daughter of Tyre here in this very chapter. Psalm 45 says... The uh, uh, Psalm 45, the kings uh, or the daughter of Ty will be there with a gift Psalm 72 says the kings of Tarshish, we've seen that's the same rulers we're talking about of Britain Tarshish in the eyes will bring presents, the kings of Sheba and Seba that's the areas of Arabia we'll offer gifts, more about that in a moment all kings will fall down before Christ so Britain will favour uh, will we, we'll be favoured and will be the first of the nations to bring their gifts to the feet of Christ when he returns what is the gift we see from Isaiah 23 that it's the pledge of Isaiah uh, of Britain's ongoing surplus so their trading surplus here it is in verse 18 her merchandise and her hire shall be holiness to the Lord so this is the gift that they bring to the Lord that is the Lord Jesus Christ when he returns and sets up the kingdom of God it will not be treasured or laid up her merchandise shall be for them that dwell before the Lord to eat sufficiently and for durable clothing so it'll be dedicated it will not be treasured or laid up it won't be stored in safes or banks it'll be given to the work of the Lord Jesus Christ in the kingdom of God So Britain will lead the Gentile world in serving uh, the king in Zion, the Lord Jesus Christ. Just the same as Tyre in ancient days supported King Solomon. So of Tarshish we read, Tarshish in Ezekiel 27 was the merchant of all kinds of riches, we know uh, silver and iron and lead and traded in thy fairs, we mentioned that earlier on, that the tin in particular and other Uh, commodities there were brought from Britain. Psalm 45, the daughter of Tyre will be there with a gift. Even the rich among the people shall entreat thy favour. Psalm 72, the kings of Tyre of Tarshish will bring presents together with the Arab countries. And Isaiah 60, Britain's ships will help to bring the Jews back to the land of Israel. Uh, The isles shall wait for me, the ships of Tarshish first, to bring thy sons from far that is, or the Jews living in many other countries of the world will be brought back uh, under the guidance and protection of Britain, Um, their silver and their gold with them, and they've got lots of that, uh, to the name of the Lord, to the Holy One of Israel, because he hath glorified thee. So the Jews will be brought back to Israel under the protection of Britain uh, and will become the major nation of the world under Christ. Why Tarshish, we ask? Well, To find that out, we have to go back and talk about the father of the Jewish people, that is Abraham. About 2000 BC, Abraham left Ur of the Chaldees. Under the guidance of God, he came down into the promised land. And when he came into the promised land, Israel as it is today, God made promises to him. And among those promises were the key words here in the yellow. The Lord said to Abram, Get out of thy country that was from Ur of the Chaldees, from thy kindred and thy father's house, and come to a land that I have promised and I will show you and I'll make you a great nation and bless thee and make the name great and thou shalt be a blessing and I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed that is a condition that God has placed upon Abraham and his children all his descendants those who bless his descendants will be blessed by God now we know that um, the uh, uh, the Jewish people rejected their Messiah and 40 years after Jesus was crucified in AD 70 Jerusalem fell under horrendous uh, uh, conditions from the uh, Romans who surrounded them and laid siege to the city and eventually burnt it and virtually turned it into dust very little left the Wailing Wall is left but there was very little left and they were separated and and spread into all countries of the world you know this was promised way back in the days of Moses nearly 1600 years BC <clears throat> Moses wrote in the book of Deuteronomy the Lord shall scatter thee among all people from one end of the earth even unto the other and among those nations thou shalt find no ease neither shall the soul of thy foot have rest but the Lord shall give thee there a trembling heart and failing of eyes and sorrow of mind and thy life shall hang in doubt before thee and thou shalt fear day and night, and shall have none assurance of thy life. So the Jewish people have been scattered and persecuted right down through the centuries. This is uh, pogroms in the late 1800s um, and early 1900s, the artist's depiction of uh, pogroms in Russia and uh, Poland. And the, you can see the fear and the, and the terror on the faces of the people who are being persecuted as they were in that day. Now, the difference between the nations in general and the British people is this, that the British people those who bless you I will bless says God, those who bless Abraham and his children, his descendants will be blessed by God now Britain historically has most of the time supported the Jews I'll talk a little bit about some time where they didn't uh, support them but certainly in the last days and in the last uh, 450 years or so now they have supported the Jewish people have a look at this that of course is William the Conqueror the first significant Jewish population in England uh, came in under uh, William the Conqueror he came from France from Normandy as we know and uh, uh, 1066 was uh, the Battle of Hastings and he took over England and uh, four years later he invited, but it was a very uh, uh, solid invitation, better come, the Jewish people from Rouen in France to come over and establish their businesses and give support to him financially uh, and, and in terms of uh, economic development in England. And they did, they came over uh, from 1070 and their wealth and their business skills gave him lots of taxes and made his uh, his kingdom, his new kingdom in England, quite prosperous. And in return, he protected the Jewish people. Well, that went on for a period of time. There's a book there written uh, about uh, the king's Jews, the fact that the Jews were under the support of the kings for a period of time, uh, more than 200 years. Uh, And you can see there in medieval medieval England, there was a mix of persecution of the Jews and the prosperity of the Jews from time to time. Uh, So for that period of time till 1290, Jews in England experienced times of considerable pros- prosperity while the King was protecting them, but sometimes the people rose up. Good times were interspersed with sporadic, sporadic persecution and even a major massacre uh, in 1190 um, in York uh, where the Jews were uh, struggling and they were being persecuted and they uh, sought safety in the tower, Clifford's Tower, or in that area. The tower, in fact, was destroyed, but. Uh, Uh, You can go to see Clifford's Tower rebuilt in York today. 1190 AD, they found themselves trapped in the tower and many were massacred in that situation. It wasn't too long after that that things got worse for the Jews in England and they were actually, all of them were expelled. 3,000, all of the Jews were expelled in 1290. Um, 1218, they had to start wearing yellow badges. We think that might happen in the Holocaust. Happened way back in 1218. Uh, The Jews were uh, ordered to leave England by Edward I, the king, in 1290. Uh, They went across to Europe in the main, Spain, uh, uh, Germany, Poland, and Venice. And uh, uh, the edict stayed in place until 1656, no Jews. Do you know, last month, This is really significant. Last month, the Church of England apologized to the Jews for what happened back in the 1200s. They issued a formal apology. (coughs) So the Jews were expelled in 1290. 9th of May, just last month, a service was held at a cathedral in Oxford. Uh, The representatives of the Archbishop of Canterbury were there, and uh, the chief rabbi of Britain was there and they apologised for the 1222 Synod of Oxford, which formalised persecution of the Jews. The Synod issued a series of anti-Semitic decrees, compelled the Jews to wear yellow badges, banned them from occupations, um, and uh, there were all sorts of problems, and and the, the rules were adopted following a decree from Rome, from the Pope in 1215 against the Jews, it was carried out by the church of england in 1222 and in 1290 eventually they were expelled 1222 is identified by historians as being a turning point for and it was a notorious turning point let us guarantee that 2022 will be seen by future historians as a turning point For the better. So, therefore, arising out of this historic event in Oxford today, let us ensure that we will strengthen Jewish Christian understanding, that we will celebrate what we have in common and understand and respect each other for our differences. Let us guarantee that we will strengthen our cooperation and friendship. Let us guarantee that we will stand together in order to fight against all forms of hatred and bigotry and racism, wherever they are carried out and against whoever they are perpetrated. So that's that meeting of reconciliation where the apology was given uh, in the cathedral in Oxford. Very significant. 800 years to the year uh, from the time that uh, that, uh, persecution really was formalised. So that's a big turning point. The Jews uh, are now even more favoured in England. And that's a a symbolic uh, 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 representation of the fact that the Jews are being blessed by the English people. And therefore God will bless the English people. Now, in 1656, Oliver Cromwell, of course, the monarchy was uh, overthrown and Oliver Cromwell uh, introduced religious tolerance. And uh, in 1656, he started to allow the Jews to come back into uh, England, and uh, by uh, about, uh, not quite 40 years later, uh, 400 had come back and settled in and around London and began to establish a Jewish presence and of course bring their wealth and business skills with them. Uh, Only a few years later, in 1700, five years later, uh, Solomon de Medina became the first Jew to be honoured with a knighthood. Again, here are Jewish people being blessed by the uh, kings of Tarshish, a knighthood. William III knighted him for services to the king, the military, the finances of the nation. Uh, the right, so Britain has become a philo semitic country. Not anti-Semitic. philo semitic means lovers of the Jews, and that is a term I hadn't heard much about before, but uh, studying and reading up on this, philo semitism is, uh, is the rule in Britain. I will bless them that bless thee. The uh, first and only uh, British Prime Minister uh, who was Jewish was Benjamin Disraeli, of course in the time of Queen Victoria uh, he had two terms as the Prime Minister, born Jewish but converted to the Church of England, as uh, I'm not sure that it's a formal requirement, uh, but uh, certainly uh, uh, British uh, Prime Ministers uh, are of of the Church of England. Um, Then the first Jewish peer, the first Lord, was Lord Nathan Rothschild who was made a member of the house of lords in 1885 see the acceptance and blessings of the jewish people so first kings chapter 5 verse 1 Hiram the king of Tyre and remember we're saying Tyre was the old country on the eastern mediterranean now it's Tarshish doing the same performing the same role in the last days we read that uh, the king of Tyre sent his servants to help Solomon and the building of the uh, temple under Solomon uh, they heard that they'd anointed him king, for Hiram was ever a lover of David. He was a Philo-Semitic person. He loved the Jewish people. He loved what they stood for, and uh, uh, lots of things about them. So this this warm relationship between Tyre of old, under the King David and Solomon, and the kingdom under David and Solomon was called the kingdom of the Lord. In the Bible, 1 Chronicles 28 verse 5, the original kingdom of the Lord is repeated now between Britain and the Jewish people. In uh, 1848, Christadelphian writer, uh, Dr. John Thomas, based on his true understanding of Bible prophecy wrote in the book Elpis Israel, I know not whether the men who at present contrive the foreign policy of Britain entertain the idea of assuming the sovereignty of the Holy Land and promoting its colonization by the Jews but their present intention, this is back in 1848 when none of this had happened yet, their present intentions are of no importance one way or the other because they will be compelled by events soon to happen to do what, are, under existing circumstances, heaven and earth combined could not move them to attempt. Support the Jews to go back to their land and form a, a nation there? Well, in 1917, just about 70 years after Dr. Thomas wrote, and it was Israel. The British General Allenby marched into Jerusalem and freed it from the Turks that was the beginning and coinciding with that was the issuing by Britain of the Balfour Declaration a remarkable document it was in the form of a letter by uh, Lord Balfour uh, addressed to Lord Walter Rothschild who was the son of the Lord Nathan Rothschild the first Jewish peer I just showed a moment ago first Jewish Lord his son Lord Walter Rothschild was a prominent leader of the British Jewish community, inherited the peerage from his father, who had died by that time, for transmission to the Zionist Federation of Great Britain and Ireland. Wasn't it clear that the Jews were being favored here? Jerusalem was now back in the hands of the British people. They could support now the return of the Jews to their land. His Majesty's government views with favor the development of a national home for the Jewish people, said the Balfour Declaration. So Jews have continued in prominence uh, right throughout uh, the period since then too in Britain, particularly in politics, in British politics. In 2022 there are about 300,000 Jews now living in the UK, about 0.3, less than half a percent of the population. In 1974, there was a peak of the number of Jewish uh, members of Parliament. 45 Jewish members of Parliament. 7.2% of the Commons was made up of Jewish people, whereas only less than half a percent of the population were Jewish. So they're very well represented uh, in uh, in the government of uh, Britain. Uh, At the moment, there are 16 Jewish members of the House of Commons. You might not know, but the leader of the Labour Party, the opposition, uh, Sir Keir Starmer, has a Jewish wife recent Jewish holders of high office Ed Miliband the leader of the Labour Party uh, recently and John Bercow the Speaker of the House of Commons George Osborne who was recently the Chancellor of the Exchequer all Jewish people in prominent roles in Britain they are supportive of the Jewish people and no wonder the Bible tells us they will be the first nation to come to the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ in 1938 we might have remember and have heard of the kinder transport where jewish children who were being persecuted by the nazis uh, their families opted because they knew that big trouble was coming under hitler opted to send their children across the channel outside of europe knowing that persecution could continue right through to the protection of the british and so 10,000 children arrived uh, on the train platforms Uh, there and and were fostered out into various homes some of them in fact into Christadelphian homes and ultimately became Christadelphians a small number of them were but they were spread all throughout England and England took them all in notice them there with their tags uh, and uh, that gave rise to uh, Paddington Bear and the idea of Paddington Bear Uh, much later of course a couple of decades later but uh, the, the person who who, who wrote the first book about Paddington Bear and, uh, and created uh, Paddington Bear? Had in mind when he said, Well, Paddington Bear will be a, a refugee. Uh, he's actually uh, come from another country, uh, South America, in the book, but obviously the idea is there with the kind of transport. See the tag around his neck and he's looking lost at Paddington Station with his label, Please look after this bear. Thank you. <laughs> and the Queen. The Queen knows how to present a symbol. The Queen was party very much to what happened at her Jubilee and the little video that we just saw. She stunned everybody with her skit on Paddington Bear. Behind it all were messages. The messages were care for refugees, particularly care for Jewish people and care for Ukraine. She wore the colors of Ukraine on her dress. Paddington Bear in Ukraine, the president of Ukraine we know, President Zelensky, is Jewish and he was previously an actor and while he was an actor he voiced Paddington Bear for Ukraine. Incredible, the queen's symbol knows how to get a message across in such subtle ways and with a sense of humour as we know. So she has been a marvellous queen And and, and again showing her love for the Jewish people in a kind of a away. Well, we know that uh, the Queen's uh, husband, the Queen has never visited Israel. Um, there's some political implications behind that. Uh, the government wouldn't be too happy if she did go. But the Queen's mother-in-law, the Duke of Edinburgh's mother, uh, actually protected a Jewish family during the during the time of the Holocaust. She protected and hid a Jewish family. Uh, um, a remarkable woman. And uh, she has uh, now been honoured by the Jewish people uh, in her being buried in Jerusalem. She's buried in Jerusalem, and the Duke went over there and visited uh, the tomb, Duke of Edinburgh. And uh, she's buried in the Russian Orthodox uh, area there. And, uh, of course, uh, Prince Charles has been, his son, and his grandson Bill, uh, Prince William have all been to Jerusalem. They certainly have a, a great respect for the Jewish people and it comes down through the family. Of course, on the other hand, the queen has generally uh, uh, been very uh, close to the Arab people. Now, in our Bible, we know that's Sheba and Dedan, the Arab people, particularly the Saudi Arabians, but other Arabs as well, and we know how the British have always supported the Arabs from the time of Lawrence of Arabia, and the queen has entertained many, many uh, leaders uh, Uh, from the Arabs. So when Ezekiel 38 says, as we shall see here, uh, that um, uh, the great powers in red uh, come upon the land of Israel, the powers in green are Tarshish, Britain, and Sheba and Dedan in the green are supportive of the Jewish people. They say Sheba and Dedan, the merchants of Tarshish, when Rosh, Russia and all the countries with them come into Israel, Sheba and Dedan are leading And the merchants of Tarshish the British supporting with them say to the invader art thou come to take a spoil so they're supportive of the Jewish people now coming back to Brexit as we said 2022 is a very significant year as the end of the 70th year of the Queen and from that time Britain as Tarshish begins to trade to trade with the world and they've already started as a result of Brexit but really it's still There's still a few loose ends to tie up. And we know that Boris Johnson uh, has been uh, out of favour for numerous reasons, but within his own party, there was a vote of no confidence a couple of weeks ago. And he almost, we'd have to say 40% of the vote was against him. He almost was turfed out of being prime minister. And that gave him a bit of a wake up call. He's been a bit slow with the Brexit issues that are outstanding, particularly the Northern Ireland protocol, uh, which has been a thorn in the side of particularly the Northern Ireland people, but Britain in general, as a uh, leftover from the agreement they had with the European Union, which causes them all sorts of trouble trading between uh, the, the island of Wales, uh, Scotland and England, and the people of Northern Ireland. They want to try and remove the trade barriers that exist there. And within days, only a couple of days after this vote was taken, uh, the, the Johnson uh, supported the introduction of a bill to to modify or really to take control of the Northern Ireland Protocol and make it a lot easier for internal trade and the European Union not to have so much power and influence. So he's acting in that regard. And also there's the problem of the uh, uh, refugees or the asylum seekers uh, where just recently uh, the European Court of Human Rights stepped in and overruled the British government with what they wanted to do with uh, uh, refugees in their midst and uh, it looks as though they might have uh, uh, introduce legislation to overrule the Europeans on that. These are very there are very few few other outlying issues. Uh, fishing rights is sort of a lingering thing but not a major uh, thing there is a decision on that already and uh, Britain will have its own fishing rights in due course, um, get control of its fisheries. These things are all being sorted out so that Britain can trade with the world. now look at the countries that they have already got trade agreements with since brexit trade deals right around the world this is in fulfillment of Isaiah 23 at the end of 70 years Tyre will return to her hire she shall trade with all the kingdoms of the world upon the face of the earth that's what's happening and the next thing that happens according to Isaiah is they will give their revenue surplus to the king in Israel so the platinum jubilee was A fitting tribute from a monarch who served her people so well. The formation of the number 70 in the skies was magnificent. There was a wonderful celebration there and a wonderful tribute. And here's the future of the monarchy. The final moments on the uh, the, uh, balcony of Buckingham Palace. Who is going to lay their crowns at the feet of Jesus when he returns? Well, the next generations are there. The Queen just said, I want the small group of the people who are going to carry on the British monarchy to be there, and there they were. And it was a remarkable symbol that Britain is still there, and the kings of Tarshish, or the word kings, as we said, means the royals, the royals of Tarshish will lay their crowns at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ in the kingdom. And that's very, very soon to happen. We know from Acts chapter one, that Jesus is coming back. Many other parts of the Bible too, Jesus is coming again. Isaiah 23 tells us it's very near. When Britain begins to trade with the world again at the end of 70 years, then their revenue will be given to Christ. It means he must be in the earth again very, very soon. So please don't let the matter rest. We all owe it to ourselves and our families to seek God's way of life. The Lord Jesus Christ is soon going to return to the earth, and we can all be saved by God's grace and receive everlasting life in that wonderful kingdom when Britain the leading country and we've seen for very very good reasons blessed by God down through history because of their blessing of his people the Jews when they begin to bring all the countries of the world to the feet of Jesus Christ that's the wonderful kingdom of God and we hope that we will all be there with the Lord Jesus Christ in that wonderful day.